All right, welcome to another episode of Powerhouse Conversations. This is episode 41, um, and today we'll be talking with a special guest, Will Baggett, uh, with Emerging Executives. Uh, Will is a personal development speaker and a sports business strategist, a best-selling author of The Blueprint of Successful Career, and founder of Emergent Consultant Services Group. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited for the conversation, and thank you for the opportunity and the warm introduction. No, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you come highly recommended. Uh, love seeing that you know everything you're doing on from a social media perspective. Uh, you know your background and everything that you've been doing in the um, in the sports industry. Definitely want to learn a little bit more about that. So uh, you know, just let's start at the beginning. Um, tell me, uh, you know, about yourself and um, about your uh, your business. Okay, yeah, I won't take you too far back, but starting as back as I yeah. guess is, is what is relevant. Uh, I'm a high school right. has-been in basketball, so I uh, played a little high school <laughs> ball, and that was it. That was the extent of my of my capabilities. You know, five seven shooting guards really aren't in style right now. You know, <laughs> so uh, so it was it was a good experience, man. And you know, the the interesting thing is, I kind of wanted to be in sports in terms of like any physical therapy or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't watch my first college football game until I was a freshman in college. Now you fast forward, I've worked for the Cotton Bowl, the Peach Bowl, a college football playoff, I've done the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? But it was just something I kind of fell in love with earlier on. So to kind of just take you through it real quick, I was working at Walmart while in college, and when I graduated from Ole Miss, I knew I wanted to get my master's in sport management. Didn't really know what that was. I didn't know what an athletic director was until I graduated. I mean, I had no clue about sports administration, right? I was really exposed to it uh, living in Mississippi, right? So I got my degree and went on to Baylor University to get my graduate degree. I was an intern, well, grad assistant at the American Football Coaches Association. And that is really where I cut my teeth. And I learned just so much about the industry. I was around like these big name coaches. And, you know, you take someone that was in Walmart six months prior. And, you know, six months later, you're standing right next to Davos Sweeney and David Shaw and all these just like college, Mac Brown, people you've just seen in football and on TV. And he's like, wow, you know, I'm really here. And it's just such a blessed opportunity. After AF, AFCA, I then moved to Atlanta, or I got some Atlanta ties there, and I worked for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as okay. an intern, and then I left the Peach Bowl as an intern and went on to IMG licensing. So the CLC was kind of their division where they did apparel licensing. I had no idea what that was, didn't know that was right. a thing, but I learned a lot about it, man, and just how that and how the revenue is driven, and it was a very interesting thing. and. And it's taught me a lot and even some skills I'm even using now in new business endeavors. Right. So finished up with IMG, the college football playoff came calling, moved to Dallas, and I worked there for about three years. And then as I was doing that concurrently, I was, you know, writing book, writing a book and working on my professional speaking business. And it got to a point where I could go out on my own and explore some different endeavors. And I've been doing that pretty much ever since and just you know, working to uh, just you know build a build a good brand and serve people well, and help people get to the next level through through body language coaching, just anything I can help them with, and just in the personal and professional development realm. Gotcha. And so so uh, right now, so you, are you, are you are you working more with the athlete side, or are you working with the you know the organization? Like, what are you specific to? Absolutely. To so, yeah. So uh, not partial to anyone, but just given my. My, I guess my ingratiation with sports and having worked in the industry, I mm-hmm. have been working with primarily student athletes. I've done some stuff with the pro leagues, like the Pistons mm-hmm. and Lions, 
but primarily with student athletes at, at okay. uh, institutions across the U.S. Uh, also, I do some stuff work with staff. So I'll go in and do a student athlete presentation, and then I'll do a staff presentation the same day. So the content is pretty much evergreen, where I can apply it to any group, any age level. Right. Where we're teaching soft skills and things of that sort. But I'm actually in the process of moving over to the corporate space to do corporate training and, co and corporate speaking next year. Gotcha, gotcha. And with this, uh, you know, this this name, image, likeness, uh, you know, space that is, is is emerging and things of that nature, is that something that has impacted uh, your strategy or impacted your business? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I've been doing this. I call it the executive image uh, workshop. I've been doing this since 2017, and so. I was kind of ahead of the curve in terms of personal mm -hmm. branding, first impressions, and how to present yourself. And then just with the advent of NIL, you know, it, it was kind of a perfect storm. You had Transfer Portal, you had NIL, you had Pandemic, you had Social Justice, all happening yep. at one time. Yep. And so just being a minority and being a speaker, being entrenched in sports, having had a personal and professional development brand that I've been building for three to four years upon end, that really mm -hmm. positioned me well because some states enacted laws to where they require five hours of programming prior to their freshman year and prior to the student athlete's junior year, whether it be time, it had to be a mix of like time management, decision making, uh, personal branding, things of that sort. So I was able to really just fit into that mold and just continue what I was really doing already. However, you know, as you, you know, one thing Wayne Gretzky said, great Wayne Gretzky said, you gotta go where the puck's gonna be, not where right. it is. Right. So things are changing with collectives, with just, you know, just the model that is college athletics. I mean, the NCAA is currently looking for a new, new leadership. And so there's just a lot in flux right now. And so I'm, you know, making sure I stay true to who I am and not mm -hmm. trying to just fit in, fit a square, square, square block into a round, a round hole. And mm -hmm. just not trying to just, you know, follow in. I built a brand based on this. I'm gonna stay true to it. I'll evolve and uh, I'll adapt. But there are some people doing some very interesting things in the NIL space, and I spent some time with No Cap Sports, uh, doing contract work, building up the educational portal. So I just learned a lot about the business, and there are some people doing some really exciting stuff. And yeah, it's it's a new and fresh time, and yeah, I'm just doing doing my best to be a be part of that model and be a cog in the wheel because it's it's everything from high profile profile athletes getting deals, cash deals, sponsorships, to student athletes starting their own businesses. Right, it's just a right. very just very vast and, and and interesting model, and there's mm -hmm. no one-size-fits-all approach to it because you're dealing with individuals and people with exactly. different interests, backgrounds, you know, resources, you name it. So right. I, I, I always say, no one knows what the hell is going on in NIL. If you say you do, right. you're telling right. a story. Nobody right. knows what the hell is going on. Right, right, right. No, that's that's definitely that's definitely uh, something that uh, you know I, I I definitely speak to is uh, because it's the it's the wild wild west right now, right? So it's 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 uh, you know a lot of things going on, and it's a lot of different people trying to get in. Everybody's trying to see, okay, how can I how can I find my way in? And I think the biggest thing is that you know you have to find people who actually know what uh, they're talking about and try to stick to what they what they know, right? And I think that's a big thing. You you, you kind of men mentioned, uh, you know, just minorities in this space, right? And I think the biggest thing is, uh, from a minority representation standpoint, there's not a lot of, you know, African-Americans um, that are in this space. And I, I you know, I, I interview and I talk to a lot of different people. So it's, and, and when I'm doing that and I'm looking for people to talk to, it's hard to come by, right? And so tell me a little bit about uh, what your thoughts is on you know, a lot of the major athletes that we're going to, that, that we're talking about, 
they look like us, right? But there's not a lot of people that can speak to them in a way that, that they need to be spoken to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, man. And I'll just be totally honest and transparent. You know, I, I thought about this you know, very deeply. And, you know, since I've been in college athletics, you know, you hear about the exploitation. You hear about, you hear different ways of describing it, whether it's indentured servitude, whether it's exploitation. There's 10 to 15 different labels for what they call it. And what I would say, man, when it turn, in terms of a lack of minorities being in the space, if you kind of look at the landscape of college athletics and you see where a lot of minorities are working and the opportunities that they are fulfilling, we as minorities are very, very care driven. So we are typically on the front lines of student athletes. And so a lot of the great people I work with that are, that are minorities are working in the student athlete development, the compliance spaces, because those are the care, the caretaking positions. Right, and if right, you look right, back right. historically, like, I don't know if you know this, but if you read the $40 million slaves, jockeys, like horse jockeys, they used to be African-American, okay. right? They used to be African-American because we took care of the horses the best. Like we're just naturally caring people. When we were enslaved, we took care of the houses and the fields. We take care of things, we get things done. That's the nature of what African-Americans do. The only issue with that is there's been a lack of exposure and you haven't, we haven't gotten those seats at the table to be able to know how to build out a brand, how to be able to conduct a media deal because there's just a lack of exposure. And I'll be honest, I grew up privileged with a family full of entrepreneurs. So I'm seventh generation entrepreneur. That's privilege. And I have yeah. to recognize that and being exposed. And I've seen like my father, you know, cut deals on a napkin, right? And mm -hmm. as the older I got, the more thankful and privileged I'd be, I realized I was for that. Right. So to answer your question, I think it starts back historically and it's, 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 a, it's an upbringing, it's a family, it's an exposure thing. Because mm -hmm. when you have us in a position where we are not able to make ends meet or be able to be as comfortable financially, it's hard to create when you're worried about the rent. Right, right, right. You right, know, you're right. back against the wall. I mean, you can do things, you know, to try to make things come together, but it's hard to really have a clear mind when you're worried about the rent. And so I think this is a, an issue that goes back, you know, years and years and years from lack of exposure and that just kind of carries on through the generations. So I would say that, you know, for me, I'm just eternally curious and I found mm -hmm. something, found a niche that no one was doing. Now, I've talked to a group the other day and I'll say what the model is. It's typically non-minority non at the top, a minority kind of in the middle ground to have these conversations, to do recruitment, just like it is in coaching, just like it is in any other thing, and then there's some other people kind of rank and file. And so I just hate to see, I actually saw this, and I, this bothered me to no end. I was talking to a group, an NIL group, and they had a, a slide deck shared on the screen, and they were showing like their, their executive staff. And there were two non-minorities on the, on the screen, and there was one non-minority. Now the two non-minorities, they had on shirts and ties. Mm -hmm. The only the lone minority had on a football helmet and his jersey. I'm like, why is he being represented? Like, why can't he right. have on a shirt and tie right. in this? Right. I mean, the guy hasn't played since the '70s, so don't tell me about relatability. Right. 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 You know right. what I mean? So, you know, it's just a systemic thing to yep. where we're always just kind of putting the meal. Like, if you look at the beginning of a football game, who's on the field? Non-minorities mm -hmm. pre-game. If you look during the game, mostly minorities. If you look during the game, if you look around the field, mostly non-minorities except for the actual team itself. So there's just a lot of different things at play, but I just do think it's a lack of exposure and it's just a lack of kind of putting people in the pipeline to have these conversations. And also historically, 
uh, with the wealth gap being what it is between non-minorities and, and minorities, particularly black people, Mm -hmm. There is not a lot of resources to go out and create and also black founders have had trouble getting venture capital and getting resources to fund their ideas and their businesses. So we typically rely on someone, you know, to save us or even if it's our idea to be able to carry that, that forward. And we just hope to get a nice position there. So right. I'm, I'll be honest, it bothers me, yep. you know, but I know it's it's a deeper issue than just numbers. Yep. Right. It's, it's something that stems back because you can't tell me that something this wide open, something this novel, you can't tell me that we don't have ideas. You can't tell me that we yeah. don't have plays that we can make, but it's just a lack of resources that can be traced back years and years. So I'm not making excuses, but when you think about just like, even in in our culture, sometimes like there's a lack of will and testaments being left. There's like a lack of insurance mm -hmm. policies. So that's, that's where real generational wealth is. Like these things that right. we're doing now, that's not generational wealth. Generational wealth yep. is life insurances and things that can work with you without you being around. And we don't have to yep. be able to create those systems to outlive us and to be able to influence the next generation, next generation. So I've had to think about that and reevaluate my business model because the way that I'm structured right now, if I go, everything goes with me. So I'm yep. starting to create systems and be able to get into do endeavors to where if I'm not around, these things can carry on and carry yep. it forward. So it's not nah, what you leave to them, it's what you leave in them, is what I heard yep. someone say. No, nah, nah, that's a lot to unpack because I, I hear a lot of different things, right? Because you, when you talk about, I think generational wealth is because, you know, you talk about these things of not having these systems in place or like we are getting into entrepreneurship and, 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 um, and it's becoming a job. Like people aren't understanding that, okay, well, oh, I'm going to work for myself, but really, when these people are, uh, when these other communities are creating generational wealth, it is businesses that are going to be passed down from generation to generation. And then, like you just said, like with, with, with trust and in, in your will and your life insurance, those are that's money that is going to be passed down from generation to generation. And we are just now becoming entrepreneurs, and now we're becoming the the, the having the mindset of okay, well, we want to go do these 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 ventures, right? And we're not really understanding the systems that have put yeah. these people in position to pass it on and pass it on and, yeah. um, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's also dual will that you have lack of partnership. Mm -hmm. So I'll be honest, I mean, like I said, one thing, I don't, I'm, a, I'm always going to be balanced. And so I mentioned what other communities are doing. I would mm -hmm. say what I hate to see is I hate to see our communities messing up the money all the time. Like, I really hate them. Like, when I saw Black Lives Matter was misappropriating funds and buying yep. mansions and stuff, like, that broke my heart, man. Yeah. Because these yeah. people, we're, we're repre this representation for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so I try to I try to model myself with great integrity, great professionalism, because I know I'm impacting people that I don't even know. Right. The other, right. The other piece of it is lack of partnership. So you have so many people, especially minorities, that are doing the same things, but we're not partnering right. up. We're not pulling yep. resources. Mm -hmm. That's an issue. The other side of it is a lack of family structure. Right, you know what I mean. So I say you're 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 a husband and father of three three children. That is beautiful, right? That that is beautiful. They're seeing structure. They're seeing love, and that's going to be able to carry forward in their own lives, right? Because mm -hmm. oftentimes it's what you model. You can say what you want to say, but what you model and what you exemplify is really what they truly remember. So right. kudos to you and your wife for what you guys are building and how you guys are building your families. But that's what I would say. We got to be accountable as well. We has to it has to be balanced. And that's where we can take accountability is uh, partnering up better, uh, getting our families back together and, mm -hmm. you know, just taking care of our resources and, and doing the right things and leading with integrity. Yep. That's and what we can handle. You, 
Yeah, even when you brought up the lack of partnership, I, I think back to when you think about these big, uh, these big businesses and these big corporations, Think about PayPal Mafia. Like, think about all these, you know, these mm -hmm. different uh, businesses and corporations that were created because these guys partnered and they created something. But in our community, it's a lot of ego and it's a lot of pride and it's a lot of things that people don't come together and just make something great, right? Yeah. There's always somebody wants to wants to be, yeah. and it's, it's 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 you know everybody's pulling to try to be be the guy when yeah, yeah. when. In actuality, if everybody is is uh, you know working together, and mm -hmm. if there is a guy, a quote unquote guy, yeah. support that guy. It's it's you know it's seen you know it's it's, it's shunned it's shunned uh, on in our community that oh you're you're just riding his coattails or, or something of that nature. <laughs> but like if everybody works together, you can get to a certain a certain goal. And I, I think that's something that, that that's missing in in, in us. Absolutely, man. To that end, if I can speak briefly, uh, just shameless plug, my business partner and I are working on a platform called Monetize Your Message, essentially teaching people to get into the speaking industry, share their stories, and earn compensation for it. Because in all honesty, being a professional speaker has changed my life, given me access to different resources, financially, experiences, relationships, conversations. And we won't be able to experience people to be experience these types of resources, freedoms, and opportunities as well. But the main part I want to touch on is to your point. So my mentor is about 12, 13 years older than me, something something in that range. We met back in 2017. He sent me a Twitter DM after he saw me trying to get my speaking business off the ground. Reached out, said, hey man, I see, I see your work here. I'm a professor down at UT Austin. How would you like to come speak to my class? I said, man, I'm on it. He said, man, I can't pay you anything but gas money. I said, I'm on the way, right? And so that was my, one of my first speaking engagements. And so we, I had that opportunity. He took these pictures of me that maybe like I was like a pro, like took them from behind with the audience facing, like my arms were up. It just looked like money, right? And right, this was right, like right. three presentations in, and I'm at 200 now. But I just think back to that, just that selflessness that he exemplified in that moment. So after that presentation went great, we went to go have lunch. So we went to go have lunch and he gave me all the game. I had all kind of sheets and one sheeters and stuff I was gonna use. And he said, throw, throw that crap away. I said, okay. And he gave me the game for like two hours. After yeah. that, we didn't see each other for almost five years. It was four and a half years to be exact. When we met in Houston at the Black Student Athlete Summit. And for the first time, we were on the same stage, right? At different times. And we saw we saw each other backstage, man. And it was like a family reunion. Like it was just right. amazing. Cause it's like, I went on to build my business my way. And he's just finished his 400 keynote. I just finished my 200. And we were able to look each other in the eye and say, Hey, you know, we're here, you know what I'm saying? Like right. we quote unquote made it. Two months right. later, he calls me following that experience. He's in Costa Rica with his family. He says, man, I want to build out something to help speakers. And I mean, I don't know if you'd be interested in it, man. I know you got stuff going on, man, but I would love to partner with you on it. Now, keep in mind, this guy, NFL, former NFL coach, Harvard Law graduate, former president of Texas student body, author, speaker, you name it. And he earns over half a million a year in speaking. And he called me and asked me for my help. And I simply replied, replied, said, Coach, I've been waiting on this opportunity since 2017. Right. And since right. that time, we haven't gone a day without sending at least 10 to 15 texts, voice texts, DMs. So any given day, like right now, my inbox, I have, a, I have an email from him. I have a message on LinkedIn, a response on Twitter, and a DM in my Instagram. All from him. Like we just, yeah. we just, we're locked in. But what I had to learn is, and it actually wasn't a learning experience. I've been waiting on it. He's the guy. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? 
he's the guy. He'll earn a million dollars speaking next year. So guess what I do? I open the door. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right. What you need, coach? You know what I mean? Right. I take care of all the behind, Steve. I'm, I'm taking care of the website. I'm taking care of the right. apparel vendor. He ain't got to do nothing but show up and speak. You know what I mean? Right. And promote the brand and be on camera. Right. And at first, he was kind of uneasy about it. It's like, man, like, I want, you know, I want to be 50 50. Like, no, 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 no. This needs to be you and then me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And right, right, right. I would say it really shows your self confidence when you can take a back seat, when you can yes. voluntarily take a back seat. Yes. And so I, I told him straight up, I'm just being honest with you. The coach, you a made man, I'm a made man. I can be an alpha male any day, any day of the week. I can hold my own. But I respect you and I can learn from you. So I open the door. You know what I mean? Right, I right. take care of the emails. I'm up at 2 a.m., whatever, doing this and that. So all he got to do is focus on delivering because when he elevates, our brand elevates. So that's what right. I've been you know, exemplifying and learning, and it's been the best experience and best working relationship I've ever had in my entire life. No issues, no ego. Everything is just, hey, he sends the play. I, I get it done, get the research done, send it back to him. He, t- he develops a strategy. We go to the next play. That's literally how we operate. So nah, that's, that's so it's possible is what I'm getting to. Yep, yep. It's no, possible. I, I, I think that's something that a lot of people are missing is that, is that mentor mentee relationship, and it and it happens best when it's organic, right? Mm-hmm. You find somebody that you can actually like work with, um, you know, and mm-hmm. and and really learn from, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm always big on pulling back and 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 helping people when when you can, but then it's also like recognizing that okay. I can learn from this person or seeing somebody that um, that you can give value to like right uh, and making sure that you understand that like you just said the confidence that that you have to have to be able to I have value and I'm willing to give this value to somebody else that has value as well so uh, you you definitely that's definitely um, you know something that that I think is missing in our community is, is the people that are, are willing to give back and then the people are willing to to give in the in the sense of like I'm not so big and full of myself that I'm willing to to uh, you know to give to you and to pour into you and then you're gonna pour into me. So I think that's big. Yeah, man. I'm writing the scripts. I'm doing whatever. Like I'm I'm yeah. hiring the videographers. Yeah. I'm hiring the con- I'm buying the microphones. Whatever we need. Whatever keeps him stress free and focused on you know moving and moving the brand forward, and that's what the yeah. biggest thing has got to be, man. Because it's 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 so easy, but by the same token, you have to be able to model someone that someone wants to be partnered with, right? Because he has a strong brand, a very mm-hmm. strong brand. So if I come in, I'm doing all crazy stuff, this and that, then he's like, I can't partner with you. You gonna you gonna you know you gonna bring my bag down. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. So that's what it's all about, man. And I would like to, I would just like to see more of it. Because there's so much opportunity yep. out here. And so, and honestly, like with him being at the level he is and his, you know, not only just his family structure, humility, but I'm saying stuff and he's over there writing notes. I see like you were there writing stuff down. Like he's taking notes and he's going to earn a million dollars next year. Like he's taking notes. Right. And so I'm just like, man, like that's true humility. That's never stopped learning. So this is a true admiration. Yeah, and, and that's what I want to be like when I get to that stage. I want to be that same way yep. still. And I, I have a similar story. Like uh, my my mentor, he he uh, he calls me because he understands that okay, well I, I'm I'm younger and, and I understand these things from a from a different mindset and different perspective. So anytime he has a new venture coming in, he, he gets on the phone, he calls me, come hey fly up here to DC mm-hmm. for do, do this. Like it's like okay, I'm gonna piggyback. I'm, I'm gonna like I, I poured into you when you were young, and yeah. now I like you know I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna you I'm gonna utilize. The, the 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 mindset and the different perspective and, and the humility to understand that okay you have a different perspective that I don't see like I'm not going to be able to see it so 
you 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 really have to make sure that you're able to to uh, to have the humility on both ends. Because then one one day you're gonna be you're gonna be the the one that that has to hey I, I need to pull I need to go back to the to the younger community and I want to learn right yeah. you, you always you can you, you can never be too too uh too full of yourself to learn because you you can learn at a young age you can learn at that's a right. old age it doesn't matter you gotta yeah. learn you gotta learn absolutely man totally agree with that and that's admirable and I'm so glad you guys have that relationship it's a difference maker yeah. and a game changer. Yep. So talk to me about uh because I know you you, you said uh you, it's monetize your monetize your uh your, your message your, your message right yes sir monetize your message talk to me a little bit about how athletes can monetize their message absolutely man so what we're what we're doing is so there's a lot of different ways to build that out so you mentioned you know you think about podcasting what we're doing now getting sponsors being able to provide the data analytics to potential sponsors and also knowing what you're talking about knowing your audience knowing what your audience cares about because there's right. a demographic there's there's analytics you can run and analytics and data is what's driving this economy and driving this country now and driving decision making so i would tell anybody like if you look on any social media platform it has analytics and you can mm -hmm. leverage these things from your downloads and your engagement to be able to leverage partnerships. Because people want to see, okay, your demographics, who you're talking to, what their income is, where they live, how often they're listening, how often they're coming back. And you can provide this kind of data. You can monetize your message, whether it be from podcasting or any other uh, or any other medium. For me personally, you can do content writing, copywriting. That's another way to monetize a message. For us specifically, we're teaching and training public speakers because that's what we know and that's what we in our own way have mastered. So I do workshops. So I'm the one bouncing off the walls, facilitating up and down. We're moving and grooving. Whereas Coach, my business partner, he is a pure keynote speaker, Coach Darren Roberts. And we're able to marry the two experiences to be able to build out a brand that's going to be able to touch many people. So it becomes down to being able to, it's called what I call the pop. Your message has to have pop. And the pop mm -hmm. is the power of packaging. It is a strategy that comedians use where basically how they deliver their punchlines, how they mm -hmm. how they have cadence, how they let the room breathe. If they start off on a serious note to get you like here and then take you up to the, like the funny part and give you like the kind of the punchline. There's strategy behind delivery. And so mm -hmm. we're building out everything from how to get started, you know, how to tell people that you, you speak, how to find those coveted reps, because you need reps. Right. It took mm -hmm. me probably like 50 reps before I really found my stride. And so right. whether that's reading the third graders, if that's at the Boys and Girls Club, you need to be getting reps. Right. right. right? And you can't, have, you can't have any ego. And so I have people that come to me all the time. Hey, I want to speak. I said, OK, there's a high school career day going on on the 11th. You should be there. Oh, man, I wasn't really right. trying to do the high school. And I was like, OK, you don't want to be a <laughs> presenter there. That's my list. That's my test. That's my test. Yeah. If, you ain't, if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to go, 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 mm -hmm. get it in with the with the high schoolers, then you ain't ready yeah. for the. You're ready not ready. For the, the yeah, yeah. Shooters shoot. You know, presenters present, yeah. and I, I'm, shoot, ready shoot present. I'm ready to present. I'm ready to present anytime. I can yeah. walk outside right now, ready to present. You know what I mean? So that's that's the mentality. And in order to be, you know, my coach always said this. I was a strength coach for about about eight or nine years, off and on. My strength coach always said, in order for a man or a person to acquire a particular skill. He must practice that thing over and over and over. And you got to be able to do the mundane things, the yep. simple things that no one wants to do. If you yep. do that at a really high level and they're at a, a consistent, at a, on a consistent basis, I've never yep. seen anybody to do that and keep their head down a year or two years and not have success. But you know, I've, I've got, I give myself a timeline. It's going to really take about two years to get this brand where it needs to be. 
Yep. After that, it's going to be, you know, we're going to continue to grow, but I've committed to two years. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what the kind of the model is. But everything from how to get your gigs, how to structure your talk, how to, how to have the right body language, how to work with different event organizers and planners, how to do your invoicing, how to set up your LLCs or EIN numbers, like anything and everything related to the business of speaking and even coming with us on engagements. There's a model for that. Group coaching. We really want to teach people because I saw I saw a tweet today from Lil Duval and it says people aren't getting rich from what they are doing. They're getting rich from telling you what they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's a true. big thing. So yeah. for us, we see a lot of fluff out there. We see a lot of like right. sales pitches and infomercials. And for us, we don't need anything to come from this, but it's a lifestyle for us. It's something that we enjoy and it's something we want to help with. And also it just basically, it keep it puts us on a system for us. This now becomes a system because right now, if coach goes or I go, something happens to us, our businesses go. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what it, that's the way it is. And so we're trying to create these systems and put people in position to uh, to be able to monetize their messages effectively. And it's going to be a series of things. From we have a newsletter, we have six months of content already written up. We have uh, we have an ebook that I wrote. Uh, Coach is writing a second ebook in Q1. We have a podcast that we're gonna start recording on October the 13th. Like we we're building it out, you know, step by step. We do group coaching, one-on-one coaching. We're just gonna have a real model where we can really get people the real game and really help them get started. Because again, this is something where a lot of people that don't look like me and you are in this game and doing mm -hmm. well. So we need yeah. more people and everybody has a story. And I, last thing I'll say, there's a quote that says, no one has your fingerprint, so no one can make your imprint. And yep. so every, your story is monetizable if you package it the right way. Right. So that's what we believe and that's what we're gonna push for. No, I love it. I love it. I I think, like I said, when we're talking about these uh, these athletes and these uh, you know the, this generation, right? It's about being able to get out, get your story out, because, like you mm -hmm. said, I think in the past people always thought that, oh, well, you don't if you don't come from this uh, this uh, you know impoverished impoverished background that you don't have a story, right? I think everybody has some type of, of, of story that they can tell and they've been and things that they've been through, right? Like, mm -hmm. you, know, you don't have to, to come from these, you know, these very, uh, you know, poor beginnings and things of that mm -hmm. nature. Like, your story is your story. Nobody else has it. Nobody. And as long as, and, and, and what you all are doing is allowing people to understand how to get that story out, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and somebody can, because everybody doesn't, you know, come from where you come from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the circumstances you come from. So I think Absolutely. that the more that these athletes are able to to get their story out and understand that they have a story and understand that you know there's somebody that that's going to resonate that this story is going to resonate with, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. and, and understand how they can utilize that. That's the better that they'll they'll be. And then the other thing mm -hmm. that it makes me think about is that um, these and this is one thing I always talk about. These athletes for 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 years and years have been have only been able to to be on on this stage for four years mm -hmm. and then they they don't know yep. what to do afterward yeah they have I mean, no clue yep. so if you understand your value and you understand your story what you all are doing is allowing them to to actually utilize that and and go in and and, and, um, and impact themselves and impact their futures off of it. bro you you know how far i would be if i played college anything 
You know what I would be? Like, I played high school basketball. I, that's it. That is it. Yeah. And I literally had to build this from scratch. So it's like, when I see these platforms these kids have, I'm like, bro, you know what you can do if you just do the simple things that are really, really high level. So, and it's, 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 it's interesting to me because my homegirl works in recruiting at an institution, a power five institution. And she'll tell me all the time, she's still getting kids at 18, 19 years old that have never been on a plane. You know what I mean? It's just like, I was like, man, it's 2022. And I was like, these kids were born in like 98, 99, 2000. But there is still a huge subset of us that are living in unfortunate situations. And I really, really hate it. So mm. we're just, you know, trying our best to, uh, to, to, to change some narratives and change some lives, you know, because there's enough for everybody. I mean, there's a lot of different people doing this. There's a lot of businesses, a lot of schools, a lot of organizations, and everybody can find their niche in doing what they right. do and can do well at it. So that's what we're seeking and hoping to, to, to create. And some people will find it out later. Some people will be early adopters. But also, you know, I mentioned it you know, in a different conversation, a lot of student athletes will earn more in college than they ever will in, in any other time of their life. So and that can be a really high high or a really low low when that income's right. not coming in anymore. You've been working in something right. since you were five years old, and in six months the dream's over. Yep, that's that is that's a lot to deal with. Yep, and the, and just the mental aspect of it, right? Because if mm -hmm. you, like I th I think that you know, like you said, that that has been some of these people's identity, right? Mm -hmm. Like that that this was their identity. They thought they were going pro, and now they don't they don't know. But to your point, if you understand your your message and you understand your value, you understand where you come from, you understand how to how to articulate that. Now I have the the uh, the self confidence and I have the the mm -hmm. ability to, to articulate you know my message and, and what I've been through, and now I can I can utilize that in, in anything right. Even if I don't become a speaker, like right, yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. just being able to sell yourself and understand who you are. That's invaluable. Think about when you go through an interview process for whatever company you're trying to, to interview. If you can clearly articulate what you're able to do, who you are, people will hire you. I can't tell you how many opportunities I've gotten. And I, I, I hate to say this, but I don't really care. No, I don't. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you can become a minority within a minority. So mm -hmm. for me, if everybody's going left, I'm probably going right. Right. And when I was growing up, I got teased for speaking properly. I got teased mm -hmm. for enunciating. Well, I, yep. guess it ain't, I guess it ain't funny no more. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> I, I would tell people, man, if any student athletes or any athletes are listening, man, do different stuff. If everybody's doing the same thing, if everybody's if everybody's thinking the same way, then somebody's not thinking. Right. And that's what I would challenge them to do because just being able to mm -hmm. communicate like verbally and, and the ability to write has gotten me jobs and positions that I didn't even deserve and wasn't even qualified for because there is such a lack of differentiation in our community that the expectation of the majority is us for us to be a certain way. So if you come in right. different, oh, bro, they'll wrap their arms around you. They, the opportunities right. will just fall at your feet. But you got to do different stuff, man. Like you really got to do yep. some different things and you got to create some separation because you can't name any sport where the goal is not some level of separation, whether it's the final score, whether it's between an opponent and the end zone, whatever you want to call it, yep. separation is necessary for the elevation. And so for me, yep. like, there's a, there's a graphic that I love. It's got like three people standing in a group 
and then it's got this one dude off to the right with a balloon just going up in the air. And mm -hmm. like the big group says, Oh, everybody just wants to be loved, liked, and respected and accepted. And then the other one the other side got Tom with the red balloon going up in the air. It's like, Yeah, except Tom. Tom doesn't give a crap. Yeah. I'm Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Tom. Yeah. Where's my balloon? Man, if, you, if you really even think about it, because it and it and it goes uh to to everything, right? Because even if you think about sports like basketball, you said you play basketball, right? Um mm -hmm. you think about the people everybody wants to to do to score, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can rebound, if you can rebound better than everybody else, mm -hmm. you'll be you're going to be on the floor. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else is trying to score, but if you can rebound better than everybody else, you can be you're going to be on the floor. You can right. you can play defense. Nobody everybody doesn't want to play defense. You're nope. going to be on the floor. You can shoot. You're going to be on the floor. Like there there if mm -hmm. you can do certain things that everybody else can't do at a certain level, you're going to get on the floor. So it's it's, it's the same thing um for 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 life and, and 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 as a professional like you just have to do things to differentiate yourself that that things that are going to have you stand out and it's not always the pretty things it's not always the things that everybody it's not always the cool thing that everybody else wants to do and i think that's something that that that, that is uh invaluable uh that people have to understand yeah yeah absolutely man i, I highly encourage it do something different do something yep. different because you'll I, i'll put it like this at the time when I was doing, I was starting out. I would, I, people ask me, "Why are you doing this? Why are you always reading?" Like I never, I read so many books. Like I've read like twenty, thirty books a year, because yeah. I was just trying to get, you know, get a head start. Because they talk about millennials and Gen Z being entitled and being this, that, and the third. I got it. I get it. And there's, there's, there could be an issue with that. So I tell people like, "Hey, if you want to skip the line, do the work to skip the line." <laughs> so I'm doing, I'm at 200 engagements at age 32. Not a lot of people my age look like me have done this, but I tell people I, I did the work. Like right. I, I didn't go on any trips. I didn't have the money. I was at home reading and driving Uber right. and donating plasma. That's what I was doing. And, mm. and, and sleeping in the car and renting my place out on Airbnb. So these mm. are the things that I had to do that kind of built the character. This was in, all in Atlanta. You know what I mean? This was all in Atlanta. Uptown Square, you know, shoot, right, Piedmont, yeah. right off of Lindbergh. Like, this is real life stuff. Right. But, and I was just telling people, like, if you want to skip the line, if you're in a rush, you want to get to the bag, you got to do the stuff that it takes to skip the line. You know what I mean? You right. got to know somebody at the front. Like, you know the, know the bouncer? You can skip the line. You ain't got to stay in line. So whatever you yeah. got to do to create those relationships, those inroads, everything in your power and in your energy should be directed towards that. Because what's happening right now is a lot of distraction going on in our community. The people that can right. lock in and can focus they will they will rise to the top in three to four years and you're going to see who was capping and who was working in a few years right, right now we're kind of post pandemic and you still got some ppp money left over and this and that and the third <laughs> but give it about right. three or four years you're going to see some real separation who, who starting yeah absolutely it's kind of like recruiting year three year four yeah. you're going to start to see that recruiting class you know really show what there was about and see what that you know see what that coach what that was what that group was all about and that's what you know it's all about man we just got to do the things because when I was when I was in grad school, I was coaching. I was also they called me P Diddy because I was doing everything. I was selling also selling concessions at the softball softball game, selling nachos and chips. I was also right. selling programs at women basketball game. But I did all these things to gain more experience, gain more relationships, have different conversations. You need to have different conversations. If all your conversations are the exact same, talking about the same stuff, then you're in the wrong yeah. room. If you're the smartest person in the room, right. you're in the wrong room. Right, so that's right, what it right. comes about. But you have these skills and resources and things that you can do 
that can really elevate you to the next level because working with coach has been able to elicit, be able to evoke skills, uh, elicit skills that I didn't even know I really had or thought they were valuable. But he's like, no, nah, man, I don't have that skill. Like, I don't write scripts for videos. I don't do these kind of right. things. I'm like, man, that's what I love to do. So right. that's what it comes down to, man. Is uh, But when you have conversations, also even with people that are from different backgrounds, so oftentimes diversity is grounded in black, white, green, yellow, purple, male, female. Diversity really is high, there's low visibility diversity, the stuff that you can't see, and there's mm -hmm. high visibility, things you can't see. So when you think about low visibility diversity, you think about how someone thinks how they were raised, how they handle conflict, how they bounce back from adversity. That's diverse thinking if another person doesn't think that way, if they're negative, if they're pessimistic. That's diverse thinking, you know? And so I think that's, and it's been shown that diverse audiences, diverse thought processes take businesses to the next level because you, you'll be able to appeal to different audiences and backgrounds, experiences. So I tell people, like I said, I've had people that are non-minorities that have taken me to rooms that I never would have got in with a minority, right. being right. totally honest with you. Right. But I kept it real. I took the information, took the resources, put it into a program to go help my people. Right. Yep. So it's a it's a balance. You can you can, can you, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. It's a balance. You can you can go get the resources, present yourself well, and come back and mobilize to help people come up with you. Because I don't want to be the only one. That's not my right. goal. Right. That's not never been right. my goal. And and that, like I said, in my, my whole mindset. I don't know this is how it's going to sound. It might sound Kanye-esque, but I really don't care. I'm not afraid to compete. With, I'm, I basically, I'm not afraid to partner with somebody because when I set my mind on something, you're not going to beat me. Like Will Smith said, right. I'll die on that treadmill. Right, you know right, what I'm right. So we might as well partner up because I'm not going to let you win. Right. No, I love you know it. I love it. I love it. And I know we're coming towards the end, but I, I have some um, some questions, some rapid-fire questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, like lighten the mood uh but let's start off with what's your favorite book favorite book would be i think it is the power of habits power, the power of, of habit yeah the power of habit i think it's the power of habit i enjoyed that yeah the power okay. of habit. um what is your favorite album favorite album yeah Ooh, that's a good question man favorite album and you can give me I, I that would be hard for me too. Oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll can answer, I, I can answer. I can answer that. I can answer that. I'll give you I'll give you a couple. So Rod Wave's Beautiful Mind, that thing, slam. Okay. You can let it you can let it play. Okay, you can let it play. Also, I uh, I don't know if you heard of Play a Fly. You heard of Play a Fly, you know what Play a Fly is? Yeah, it's too Memphis for you, my bad. So look up Play a Fly. <laughs> and and I always say So Icy Boy by Gucci Mane. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Straight South. It's, it's all oh, South, super, right? super, super South. Super South. <laughs> I'm from I'm from Mississippi. Uh, favorite uh, favorite shoe. Favorite sneaker. Favorite sneaker. Jordan 14. 14. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. 14. Um, your Mount Rushmore for athletes. Mount Rushmore for athletes. Serena. Okay. Like Jordan. That. Like that. Okay. Tiger and Brady. Brady. That's that's a fire one. That's I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, your uh, business people that you that inspire you the most. Darren K. Roberts, my business partner, is one of them. Okay. My father, okay. he is he's been in construction, the construction business, on his own business for thirty five years. So he okay. he's, he set us up to be on our own. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And who was your fa your favorite player growing up? 
favorite player growing up. Like I said, I tell you, I didn't watch football growing up, so I got to go basketball. I would say it would have to have been. I'm gonna go white chocolate, man. White chocolate. Jason Williams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The elbow pass. Yeah, yeah. I I like white chocolate, man. That's that's what sold you. Yeah, yeah. I just like I like white chocolate, man. You know what I mean? He played. He played the game. (laughs) Anytime somebody can play a game that hasn't been played commonly, you know what I'm saying? Uh Like, of course, you got Jordan. Everybody says that. So I want to go against the grain a little bit. I'm going white chocolate. Okay. I like white chocolate. I like I like the franchise too. Steve Francis. I like I like I like much franchise too. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Steve was Steve was dope. Steve was dope. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean that that's the that's the end of it. Uh, but I definitely want to give you some time to lead the people with uh, you know, your message. What do you want to people what, want people to take away from this this episode? Yeah, man. I would say I'll just reiterate: do hard things, do the things that scare you the most. I'll say this: it's gonna be a little dark, but you'll get over it. We're all gonna die, <laughs> so you might as well do what you want to do because we're all going back to right. the dirt at some point. And take risks, man. Like, life is short. Have a story to tell when you get old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Empty the tank. Have a good time. Take care of your people. And always remember the problem is never the problem. It's how you respond to it. Love it. I love it. Well, uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Um, You know, everybody, make sure you all like, subscribe, uh, and and make sure y'all come in. Tune in next week. Uh, Will, I really appreciate it. Great episode. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the opportunity.